Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. Well, one might think today's guest needs no introduction, but I do know there are new listeners here. So I will just briefly say that today I'm talking with, insert drumroll, Asha Dornfest, my former work wife with whom I published the book Minimalist Parenting and who podcasted here with me for five years until retiring at the end of 2021. Hi, Asha. Okay. Ah, Retiring, work wife. I mean, five years. Five years. Come on. Hello, Hello. my dear. Hello, everybody. (laughs) I'm having to, (laughs) I'm having to control myself from not yelling in this microphone and basically blowing out everyone's eardrums right now because I'm- are you, silent, are you silently Kermit flailing? <laughs> totally, totally. I no. This is this is supreme self control. You're hearing. It's this, amazing. This, this this even voice tone that I have. This lack of uh. You know. Anyway, you get right. the, you well, get the picture. Yeah. Well, let me give you a, sen- a chance to center yourself. I'm going to just tell people what the inspiration for this episode was. I think it's very fitting. Well, Asha, you know I like symbolism. And so I thought it was very fitting that today's episode kicks off the summer biweekly schedule that you and I started years ago. I don't even Mm -hmm. know. Maybe it was in our first year or second year. I can't even remember. But it was just such a lovely way to structure things and add a little extra breathing room into the summer. Second, I don't think you know this, or maybe you do know this, but the reason I really wanted to have you on for this release date in particular is because it is exactly six months from your last episode as co-host <laughs> yeah. in 2021. So it has been six months since listeners oh. who know you have heard you in their ears. So I, you know me, I like things like that. Of course you do. And it's just so, it's so amazing to be back here and hearing you in my ears for that matter, you it's know, wild. so it's, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. Yeah. Well, the, the third 
piece of inspiration for this episode is that I'll just say very candidly, you know this, I know this, our listeners, former listeners don't know this, but not surprisingly, without our regular weekly recordings on our calendars, our communication is a lot less. You know, mm-hmm. we we still have caught up some, but it is a lot less. So as has always been the case when you and I used to record, I am looking at today as a way to both lovingly catch up with you directly mm. while also connecting with the listeners who adore you. It's mm. kind of a, it's a win, 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 all the wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, <laughs> totally. And then, and I think, um, you know, it's funny, I think for so many of us, not just you and me, I mean, so much has changed in six months, mm-hmm. six months. It seems like another lifetime. And I feel like maybe we could probably say that about every three to six month period for the last few years. So I am just I'm so glad you thought to do this and and we're doing this. It just feels really special. It feels it feels warm and wonderful. I just feel all this sort of like effervescence inside. So I'm really excited to hear all this stuff. <laughs> the Asha Talk effervescence. I love it. I love it. Yes. Well, thanks for saying yes when I invited you. And actually, we I already knew that this was something people wanted because I don't know if you recall from our the survey that I I shared. Uh, with you at, before you left, you know, some people were already saying, could you please bring back Osh every now and then so we can hear how she's doing? So hello, all those mm-hmm. people who asked for this. Here you go. I, I may deliver six months late, but I deliver. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only do I remember that survey, I printed out the oh. answers and I carry it with me. Like I carry the answers oh my gosh. with me in my journal and I read them from time to time because that was such an incredible experience. And I think I did not do a proper job at the time really expressing that because I was so without words. And uh, and I've been rather quiet for the last six months, at least online. And mm-hmm. so it's not like I've expressed a lot about that. It just was the most meaningful thing. And um, so... Yeah, no, I remember very well what what that survey, you know, what so many of Edit Your Life listeners had to say. Mm, mm, it was so really wonderful. meaningful. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I didn't know that you printed mm-hmm. that. That's so lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to start on the front half of, half of this episode. I'm just going to dive right in because I have some bigger picture questions and then some more granular ones. So I'll just start with one of the big ones. Well, I originally was going to say, okay, Asha, so how's life going? (laughs) But obviously that's a huge question. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try to break out into some specifics. And I thought I would start by asking, what does your daily routine look like these days? Well, that's an interesting question because I have just been uh, spending some time thinking about that myself um, and sort of tightening it up a little bit. You know, since, okay, so if we were to think about the last six months as an arc, I would say that the first few months um, since I sort of went offline have, you know, the first few months were very different than where we are now. Um, I really spent the first few months reconnecting with family and friends offline. So I pretty much like I spent some time driving around in my car to go see my family. But, you know, there was a lot of sort of post-COVID reunion happening um, mm-hmm. that was a really important part of my you know, I, I don't think it's too much to say healing process, because if you will recall, my my dad passed away in 2020, right before COVID and then COVID and then, you know, the COVID school situation. And then my youngest child graduated from high school. And so the empty nest. So there was just a huge amount of change in that 
period of time. And so I didn't really have much of a day-to-day routine for a while. Um, It really was a period of sort of um, wandering around a little bit, um, sort of uh, psychologically and trying to situate myself in this new life. So it's taken some time for that to um, shake out. And I'm extremely grateful that I have been able to create that space for myself because that's not always possible for everyone. Um, So um, in the most like most recently, um, my day to day routine has either been um, around my school schedule, because amazingly, I signed up for some college classes. Yes. So I was I've taking, just been, I'm t- following your lead. I don't want to disclose anything. So you share what you want to share, but I'm glad you're bringing <laughs> this up. Okay, go on. We, we could talk about the details of that later. But so for w- when I was in school, my, re- my day-to-day routine really sort of rotated around my class schedule and my homework and all of that kind of stuff. But on other days, um, my day-to-day routine involves a lot of walking. It involves a lot of gardening. It involves a lot of Talking on the phone, believe it or not, I've been really trying to reconnect um, not on social media with, you know, family, friends, stuff like that. Um, it involves a lot of writing, um, all of which is either in my journal or just personal um, and a lot of reading. Um, and so that's been another really big part of this process is um, really trying to sort of ground myself in words, writing, storytelling, all of that again. So it's it's been a pretty contemplative six months and mm. very low key. I mean, it doesn't look like there's been a lot of um, uh, like things that I have produced or that I can show you that, you know, that like, oh, I did this thing. It, it doesn't look like a lot. Um, it's been a lot of internal shift, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's what you were looking for is that mm-hmm. time and space to do that. So I think that's awesome. Well, you know, it's funny. It's what I was in some ways. It wasn't what I was looking for, but it was what I needed. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't realize I was I, I, I kind of realized that this is what I was looking for. But the the sort of understanding that I needed to take this break and do this came all at once. I mean, it was a rather sudden realization that. I need to stop and Mm -hmm. let this new routine sort of um, kind of grow up through the roots as opposed to come down through my intellect and be imposed upon, you know, like me imposing something upon myself. It was more like me listening for what was was needed. So, again, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a very intuitive process, and I'm really glad that I had the space to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you just. You know me, I just, I always like to think about process. So when you wake up in the morning, are do you already have a sense like the night before that, okay, this is a book I'm going to focus on, or these are some things I need to do in the neighborhood? Like, how does the shape of that, how does it come together? Hmm, interesting. Or is it just totally organic? It might just. No, totally- <laughs> it's not totally organic. I still have got my to-do list. I still have my, you know, all of my sort of shopping and cooking routines and all that kind of stuff. My walking in the morning, all that kind of stuff. None of that has changed. It's more like, um, hmm. Uh, but the rest of my, you know, what used to be much more structured in terms of work has become a lot more free flow. Mm, mm. So, you know, I, I, the way my brain works is that I need that open time to be able to allow the routine that I need to sort of come into focus. So actually now is when I am starting to get more structured about 
my exercise, my, you know, which book I want to focus on, how many words I want to write, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have been quite impatient with myself about that over the years. And this space has this time has allowed me um, sort of a measure of tolerance with my own process. So instead of instead of trying to structure myself, because, you know, my husband is a very structured person and he he his uh, use of structure. I mean, he accomplishes so much and he uses it to great effect in his life because it matches who he is. But I realize is that level of structure doesn't work for me. Right. And so um, I've had to sort of make my peace with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you did reference already that. You had uh, one of your kids headed to college and you Mm. are living the empty nest. That's a huge change, obviously. And we have a whole episode where we talked about the empty nest and I'll link that up in the show notes. But how has that played out and what has it been like? And if you're able to, I would love if you can share maybe like one challenge and one joy of this new phase that you've been living and exploring, um, knowing that it will probably continue to change and evolve over the years, right? Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting, this this whole empty nest life that I'm living, um, it has been the biggest surprise to me. And I think this is the story that I really want to get. I want to tell it well, because it has been an amazing revelation to me. So first of all, Um, I have my son is almost ready to graduate from college and my daughter has just finished her freshman year. So that's sort of where I'm at really at the beginning of this process. And. uh, You you said one challenge and one joy. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start I'm going to start with the joy. The joy that I have experienced has been a total surprise for me, which is that I was afraid that I might pine for my kids. Not that I'm the pining sort exactly. I've always loved each sort of stage that my kids are in. And I don't generally get too nostalgic for past stages. Um, But I definitely thought to myself, oh, my God, you know, when my daughter leaves, like, wow, I'm going to miss her. They are literally they are going to be gone. This is a big deal. But the joy has been in this new sort of spacious relationship I have with my kids it actually has suited us all so beautifully. I feel like there is a great joy in watching those kids. I mean, they're not kids anymore. They're young adults. Watching these adults grow, really step into their own. And at the same time, having the space for me to also step into my own. Because mm-hmm. I'm a different person than I was when they were born. Of course, yeah. Just like, you know, we've all grown. And so I think that has been the greatest joy. Um, The challenge is really interesting. The challenge for me really was um, having to face with great humility um, (laughs) just how much I um, neglected certain parts of my own development, um, parts of my own thriving um, while my kids were here. I think the fact is that, I I mean, I certainly never thought I was a helicopter parent, and I I don't think that I was, but there are certain ways that I really did just sort of toss myself aside and didn't even notice it until Mm -hmm. my kids were often doing their thing, and I could realize, oh, boy, I, I, you know, 
for example, I really need more time to uh, work on sort of um, gardening related stuff or I, I need more time to sit and quietly read. And I would never take that time for myself mm-hmm. when my kids were here, even when they were older and didn't particularly need my help with things. I just always wanted to be available for them because it was so fun to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. But I, I neglected things that I really needed for myself, not to mention it's really nice to have focused time for my marriage, for time mm-hmm. with my husband. It's very wonderful to be able to reconnect together and eat the food we want to eat and take a walk in the evening <laughs> and just sort of focus on what we want to do and what we're thinking about. It, it's nice to it's really nice. Yeah. So anyway, I think uh, that that's been an interesting challenge. I've really uh, you know, I've really had to reorient my um and get honest with myself about my own self-care. And if you don't mind me asking, did you have any moments, were you able to kind of dive into that change and transformation? Or did you, did you pull a Christine Coe and get super angry and quietly stew about it for a while? Like, <laughs> were you able to like mobilize yourself fairly quickly to start prioritizing those things and yourself? Well, so this is both a happy answer and a very sad answer. So the sad answer is that because the previous year and a half before my daughter left, we were dealing with COVID. I was dealing with grief over my father's sudden death. I had, let's just say, been through the angry and sad and, you know, sort of stamping my feet and banging the walls. I had been through a period of such turmoil um, that I, by the time she was ready to go, I think we were all ready to come up for air. And so Mm -hmm. because of that, when I got home, literally when the plane landed and we walked into the house after dropping her off at college, I I walked into the house expecting to feel, you know, a real pang. And instead, I just felt this sort of lightness and freedom. So, Mm -hmm. no, I I sailed right into it. That's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. you you did pay your dues on the turmoil and anger front. So you're yeah, (laughs) you were good. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I I think the thing I would say about this experience of empty nesting or, you know, that early moment, um, it's not to say there's no loss. Of course, there is. I mean, you know, when your kids grow up and move out, there is loss associated with that for sure. So it's really important, I think, for people to know that it's it's a unique experience, just like it's a unique experience when your kids arrive. Mm -hmm. You know, you sort of Mm -hmm. look around at other people and you think, well, they seem to be doing fine. They seem to be happy. They don't seem to be completely undone by this. What's wrong with me? I think a lot of times people with empty nesting feel the same way. You know, yeah. they look around and try to figure out what's normal and then sort of line themselves up against that. But it's a unique experience, totally connected to the specifics of one's family, the specifics of one's job and everything else. And one's, you know, relationship or, you know, it's different for single parents. It's just different for for everybody. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. Well, Asha, I have a bunch more questions for you. We're going to chat more, of course, but we're going to take a quick break. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories, but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And 
What aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted, and after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com edit. That's storyworth.com edit to save $10 on your first purchase. As you know, I am all about micro-improvements, and if you'd like to dedicate a little time each day to learn a language, I have a great solution for you. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that offers 10-minute language lessons designed to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Materials are rooted in real-life situations, so you can learn important basics such as ordering food and asking for directions. Babbel offers personalized learning content, real-time feedback, tracking, and visualizations, and their speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. No matter what level you are looking for, casual, intense, or something in between, you can enjoy app lessons, podcasts, and live classes from the comfort of your home on your schedule. Here's a special limited time deal for Edit Your Life listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for Edit Your Life listeners at babbel.com edit. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com edit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash edit. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hello, friends. We are back with the one and only Asha Dornfest. Hi, Asha. Hi. <laughs> I, I, you know me. I like to try to bring in, bring in some kind of introduction there. Anyway, my next question for you, I just, it's been fun to kind of think about, okay, what are some of the big, like, um, I don't know, the tent poles of Asha's life? but travel has always been a big priority for you. And because this is an episode starting our summer cadence, because you've always been such an inspiration to me for how you prioritize travel, I'm not the greatest about it, actually. I would just love to hear what your plans are for the summer travel-wise, if you have any. Well, we do have some travel plans. I will tell you that our travel plans are extremely COVID-informed. So I am not a big... uh, I have no plans for international travel at all, Um, and I don't particularly want to get on a plane, frankly. I will get on a plane if I absolutely must, but for the most part, we are prioritizing road trips Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, packing our cooler so that we're not really going into restaurants and just focusing on the outdoors. And so um, my travel ever since... um, we last spoke on this podcast really has been focused on visiting family and friends. And I think that's the focus. It's really less about seeing stuff and more about reconnecting with people. So, um, our, you know, we have a, a road trip plan for late summer. We have a, another road trip plan to go to California to visit family. Um, we're going to split up a little bit. We meaning my husband and I and you know, each go with each of our kids a little bit um, somewhere. Not that my um, both of my kids are not going to be home all summer, but uh, we're going to spend some, you know, sort of devoted time with each of them. So that's it's very low key. Um, honestly, I'm I'm also looking 
forward more this summer than any other summer to time at home, which mm-hmm. is sort of surprising given that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've uh, COVID has kept so many of us somewhat homebound. But I really love my neighbors. And that's another source of relationship that I've really been um, trying to invest in. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that connection with my local community and my neighborhood is just really important to me. It's super important. And I will say that you and I have talked a lot in the past about calendar planning and advanced planning. And then you know about my husband's uh, preference for kind of not exactly last minute planning, but more in the moment, like how you're feeling planning. And I think that COVID has really (laughs) changed the game on that. I mean, it's difficult to plan ahead. I had Two work trips planned for May. The first one went off without a hitch, but the second one happened as things were spiking and there was a COVID Mm. outbreak in the office and it got canceled. And it just, I mean, it just is, we're still, it it just feels like we're still very much in the thick of things. So we are, we are still in the thick of things. You know, I had a, you know, my recent big travel uh, was to go um, see my son's college graduation mm-hmm. ceremony, which was the most amazing thing. But it involved out-of-state travel. It involved lots of planning, hotels, various other things. And if any one of us got sick, then it would have really yeah. pretty much upended those plans. And so yeah. there was a lot of stress involved with that. And I have always been a fan of in-the-moment planning. I I find it very difficult to do one of the hardest, honest, honestly, one of the hardest things about parenting for me, the, you know, sort of when everyone was home and kids were younger was all of that's calendaring. That stuff is so hard for me to sort of think ahead and plan the weeks and plan the this and plan the that. And so I love um, having a more open schedule and then sticking stuff in, you know, closer to the time. That's another real you know, that's another real sort of benefit of road trips as opposed to flights, not mm-hmm. to mention flight prices, which are crazy right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So the world has been a lot, obviously. <laughs> and just last weekend, I was thinking of you because. Rather uncharacteristically, I was out of my backyard. I know your backyard is a solace and a haven and a place where a lot of transformation happens. Uh, For me, I don't spend a ton of time in my backyard, um, but we did have graduation festivities approaching. And so probably for the first time in two and a half years, I was aggressively weeding. And and it, (laughs) it was incredible for such a small space, how long it took to do such a small amount of, of actual square footage. But anyway, I thought of you because I was wrestling with grass that had infested my mulch beds (laughs) and Mm. I began furiously ripping it out and thinking about the news. And that made me think of you. Ha ha. (laughs) How incredibly therapeutic that is. Yeah. Well, it was quite therapeutic. I mean, I was, I was super sore the next day, (laughs) but I will say, and you, you already mentioned it, but my question was going to be, have you been finding solace in your backyard and what natural delights out there are giving you joy right now. All right. Well, I could talk about this for a whole hour. So I'm going to I'm going to rein it in a little bit. And I'm going to say that, first of all, it seems that the only place that I am posting about things regularly is Instagram stories. And there are often pictures of my garden there. So if anyone's interested in the details, follow me on Instagram and, and follow my stories on Instagram. But uh, 
Yes, I have done more gardening in the last, you know, however many months than I have probably in the last few years. And wow. Yeah, no, it's been really amazing. I have sort of replanted my front beds. I um, I completed this very important to me memorial rose garden for my dad in the front, which is populated with actual roses from my Mm -hmm. dad's garden, one of which he taught me to prune roses on when I was nine years old. So I'm now over 50. This rose this rose bush has been around all those years and I transplanted it from uh, my parents' house here. So that beautiful rose garden is done. So yes, my um, my gardening has been a daily thing and rain or shine, I'm out there just digging. It just seems like I always have dirt under my fingernails and that's where I feel the most centered. Um, the, the You know, just all the sort of that flow state that we all mm-hmm. wish for, that calm place where our mind is just focused on one thing that happens for me in the garden. And um, so, you know, in Portland, we've actually had more rain in the spring than we've had. I think it's it was a record breaking um, spring in terms of rain. And so everything has just been exploding in terms of growth. But before that, you know, the ground was really soft. And so there was just lots of digging around and lots of worms and lots of bugs and lots of, I mean, lots of weeding and all that menial stuff too. But um, all of it just reconnects me to those cycles. And um, it's just deeply grounding for me. That's very cool. I love Nothing it. Nothing makes me happier, actually. And there was a tool. Yeah, there was a, was it like a Japanese tool that you had mentioned on one episode? Is that still your tool du jour? What, what is it? (laughs) Well, this Japanese garden knife, I'm sure there's an actual name for it. It was given to me as a gift. I don't know what it is, but yes, I use it all the time. And uh, just, uh, you know, I have some old Costco tools my dad got for me, like pruning tools. And of course I'm very attached to them because my dad got them for me. And uh, he was, uh, when (laughs) the joke is that, my dad was a cheapskate, but whenever we were at Costco, all bets were off. He would pretty much <laughs> buy it if it was at Costco. So I loved going to Costco with him because he'd be like, do you have garden tools? And he would grab like a big pack of garden tools and throw it in his cart before I could even answer. So, it. yeah, no, it's all pretty basic stuff. I don't have that. That's the great thing about gardening is you can just use old stuff that you get secondhand. You can use reuse things in the garden and it's all you know, it's all there. It's all, uh, it's all really about the process mm-hmm. that you don't have any control over anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash edit. 
Start Ritual, or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Okay, my next question is, well, you will be pleased to know that Edit Your Life listeners still love food, love talking about it, love eating it, love <laughs> ma- well, sometimes love making it. And <laughs> I've had a couple of episodes, one on my sort of wacky weekend food prep that people had a lot of questions on. And then I recently did one on phone it in dinner ideas because <laughs> there were also a lot of questions about that. So I would love to hear a couple of favorite simple foods that you're eating and loving, or they could be complicated, who knows, or favorite Trader Joe's picks, whatever. What are you, what is delighting you in the kitchen right now? Okay. So here's what's delighting me in the kitchen. Also, um, sometimes uh, shared on Instagram stories. The number one thing is the brunch salad. So Mm -hmm. I seem, I seem to, I don't understand exactly why this happened, but I have gotten away from eating first thing in the morning and have gone toward eating my first meal of the day around, oh, 10, 30, 11, And I seem to really enjoy salad at that time. And what I do is I go into my fridge. I look at whatever leftovers there are, uh, you know, whatever vegetables, whatever greens, whatever leftovers from dinner the night before or anything else take out. And somehow I combine it into a salad. And it's not only delicious, it is this totally creative process for me. And it's very frugal because if there's anything I hate, it's food waste. I can't stand it. I can't stand throwing away something that's like gotten old in the fridge. So that has been a really big thing for me. Uh, you know, the the sort of dinner time analog for that is that my husband and I really enjoy eating like mixed bowls of things. So some sort of grain, some sort of protein. Generally, he's vegetarian. I'm not. Um, so, you know, often vegetarian, but roasted veggies are still a big thing around here. Mm-hmm. It, we're just eating very, very simply. And mm-hmm. I, I love it. I just That's love awesome. it. So That's fun awesome. to just have the two of us to cook for. I know that does that does sound simple and mm-hmm. lovely. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. It really, um, truly is. But about the brunch salad, I don't know. If, I feel like we must have talked about this, but my friends, Anne and Michael in London introduced me to the term butler salad, which is when you clear out your pantry and just, or or your, or your kitchen and just create something out of that. Oh yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. Right. And last summer when I saw them, we had a funny conversation about it because they brought it up because 
they had mentioned that term to somebody else and the person didn't believe them. And they said, let's Google it. And so they Googled Butler salad. And the first hit that came up was my website. <laughs> so I had written about it. So, I mean, Hey, if it exists on the internet, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that sounds lovely. I also mm-hmm. am a big fan of the bowls and this, I finally crawled out of on out from under the rock under which I was living and discovered sweet green. And I loved sweet green so much. I don't know if you have them in Portland, but I love I, them. I saw one when I was on my road trip in California. I don't know if we have them here. They're delicious. They're super yeah. delicious. Yeah. Well, no, I seem to eat salad all the time. Like yeah. I'm just, I, that's all I seem to want to eat. I mean, that's not exclusively what I want to eat, but every day I eat salad, every day I eat yogurt, every day I eat blueberries. There are certain things that I just do eat every single day. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's, Sort of funny you, because you've mentioned social media and stepping away, but then you've also mentioned Instagram stories. And one thing that you and I haven't personally talked a ton about, but I sort of know generally where you are, is your relationship with social media. So I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you where you're currently at with it, which mm-hmm. I know you've been evaluating in the context of relationships and general sharing. But yeah, I guess where where are you at with that? Well, you know, let's see if I can actually formulate some sentences about this, because I've been trying to actually think about where I am. And, you know, there are two answers. The first one has to do with how social media interacts with my relationships, my actual friendships and the people that I know. And, you know, one of the things that I discovered was that I felt like when I was sort of regularly participating on Facebook and Instagram and all these different places that I knew more in terms of the sort of basic details of people's lives, but I felt less connected. Mm, And I couldn't mm -hmm. really understand what was going on with that. Like I literally would sometimes be scrolling on Facebook and I would see a detail from from an actual friend that should have like inspired an emotional response in me. Like, oh my gosh, that's really amazing. Oh, that's really great. And yet I felt a little numb. I would just keep scrolling. And it was like, what's going on? And I really think it had to do with Mm. the medium, not Mm -hmm. my lack of caring. And so I made the decision to step away from Facebook and more frequent social media use initially because of that. The other piece of this is that I feel like, you know, you and I are both old school bloggers. (laughs) We were, you know, on the Internet sort of in its heyday before social media. Not saying that was its only heyday, but it was a different a relationship with um, sharing thoughts with an audience. And um, I think that's also changed for me. I feel like, you know, there really are sort of nefarious forces at work on social media in terms of how it can spread misinformation, how that algorithm really um, makes it very hard to understand where your um Thoughts and the things that you share, where they get shared, who sees them. I just sort of felt like I wanted to really redefine how I wanted to show up on the Internet. So that's that's really more about me and my creative process. And, you know, when I write or when I speak or whatever, how I want to present it. And so mm-hmm. um, where I am with that is that I'm really narrowing my. My focus now. I haven't produced much, so it's not like you can see any evidence of this just yet. But where I am heading with this really is to really concentrate on sharing stuff on my blog, you know, maybe sort of 
you know, mention it a little bit on social media, but social media is going to really take a very distant backseat to my blog and really my newsletter. My newsletter is the place where people are going to be able to really keep in touch with the work that I'm doing. I just want to have a more direct relationship with the folks who are interested in what I'm doing. And I, I'm very happy if that's a much smaller but deeper connection than a larger but sort of um, shallower and more diffuse connection than you would get on social media. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my thought. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure there are other pieces to that. But really right now, I really am focused on I really am focused on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap up, Asha, I was wondering if there's anything else major that you wanted to share or, or minor <laughs> Does have to be major. <laughs> anything else that you wanted to share of note before we wrap up today? Well, I just I mean, I'm so glad to be able to talk to you about this. I mean, first of all, I, I'm also I, I also just want to say how unbelievably proud I am of you and what you've created with this podcast in the intervening months. Like it's been it's actually been wonderful to, for me to hear your voice as a listener, not just as your co-host and your work wife, you know, but to be a listener, because I think that I'm not the only one who's changed. You have too. We've all changed. Every one of us who's listening and you and I too, like we've all changed in these last months. And I feel like that's evident. So that's one thing I would say. And I think the other thing I would say is that I still believe that there is a magical, like connective quality to the internet. As much as I'm saying things like, you know, I'm stepping away from social media a little bit and all that kind of stuff. I still feel like, you know, these sorts of conversations, the kinds of conversations that we had with listeners that you're continuing to have with listeners, those little points of connection. I mean, some of you are still talking to me on Instagram, on Twitter, and those connections really matter, you know. And so I guess I still I just want to say that I still really believe in that magic. I think that it's taking a different form, but it's still there and it's really important. And I think I feel super hopeful about it. And I think it honestly still has the potential to change the world. I really believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe that mm-hmm. connection is still possible. Oh, yeah. I I have to say, I feel very deep relationships with people online and mm-hmm. through messages and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the community so much. It is just mm-hmm. tremendous. Okay. Well, I don't know if you anticipated this before hopping on, Asha, but it's your next edit time. And <laughs> In case there are new listeners just tuning in today, this is a super actionable tip that listeners can consider doing right away after they finish listening, perhaps. And so, Asha, as the guest, esteemed guest on this show, in the context of our conversation today, I would love for you to share your next edit for this episode. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that I didn't think of this ahead of time? I should have prepped you, but I didn't. No. I didn't even prep you for anything. <laughs> no, but but you you would think I would have thought about this ahead of time. Um, I would say, um, let's see, it's the first episode of the summer. I'm going to say um, my your next edit for this episode would be to plan a an in-person gathering with somebody who's really special to you in your neighborhood. 
So Mm -hmm. gathering, I mean, meaning it could just be you and this friend, uh, you know, sitting on your front lawn if you have one or something like that. But an in-person, somebody you've been meaning to connect with, but you haven't had the time because of all the, you know, all the school year craziness or everything else. Just a, a chance, 15, 30 minutes in person with a neighbor who you've really been meaning to see. Make that happen. I love it. That's just mm-hmm. perfect and perfect for the season, perfect for you and perfect for our listeners. So Asha Dornfest, thank you for answering in the affirmative to my email. I love you oh, and I, I love you, you on too. the show. And it's um, just awesome to hear you in my ears today. Me too. It means everything for me to be here. And I just love the chance to talk to you and, and just reconnect with the listeners. It's been so great. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Okay, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.